Hey there, uh, Cave Comedy Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to, uh, sex and other human activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and, um, I wrote in and, uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then, um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could, uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only. You know, I lost my family, I lost my house. And, um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com, ask for Marcus or Jackie, and, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list, because he needs, he needs your, your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. All right, are you ready? I think I'm pretty fucking ready. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I am Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. I almost said I'm Jackie Zabrowski. <laughs> Why would you, Marcus? <laughs> that's not your name. I know, that's your name. <laughs> <laughs> we were having a bit of a conversation outside, and uh, we were talking. This might be venturing over in the last podcast on the left territory just a little bit. Just a little bit. But Jackie, bit. you were the one that brought it up. Astrological signs of serial killers. Yeah, I um, I am just as interested in serial killers uh, as well. I not as you guys are. I'm in, interested in serial killers. And growing up with Henry, there's no way to not be interested in serial killers because he had books all over the house and he would like tell me about them right before I would go to sleep like when I learned about the BTK killer and him just oh you know and he's still out uh, there just saying these things to me and I, I just. You know, I was absolutely terrorized as a, as a kid, so there's no way for me to not be interested in them because you got to get to know your enemy okay. if you're going <laughs> to be able to deal with the fact that people do these terrible things. Yes. So, um, actually, I was talking with Doug about this, um, talking about the link between astrological signs and serial killers. My main, uh, as you guys know, my birthday was last week, so I am a Leo. Mm. I'm like a 100% Leo. Yes, you are. And it, it's always interesting. There really is. It's either you are completely or you are not at all, like it, your astrological sign. That is true. I share a birthday with a friend that is not, like, she is just a very humble, she's a fashion designer, she's, a, like, she's her whole life together doesn't beg for attention. I don't understand it. But then there are people like me that, like, if you know anything about Leos, they are stubborn, they are loyal, they are very charismatic and loud, um, but also, like, 100% for family and for friends and for and they're confident and they stick to what is right. So my argument was, before we looked this up, that I couldn't imagine that a lot of serial killers were Leos. Probably not. Because they are so... They are looking for attention that they're not looking to, like, calculatingly kill people. Like, it's not even, like, a random chance thing that they could kill someone because they're so obsessed with themselves that they're really not even thinking about that kind of thing. I feel like it's more like a masochistic sign of anything. Like, if they were going to hurt anybody, they would hurt themselves. And they also want to be liked. Right, exactly. Which would make me think that they would be more, like, serial killers just because a lot of serial killers people like. Mm-hmm. Before they find out, or before they're murdered by them, a few of them. It depends on them. I guess it, it definitely depends. De- it depends. Like Ted Bundy was, or not Ted Bundy. Yeah, Ted Bundy. John Wayne Gacy was loved in his community. Right. Like, he was an extremely popular man. He did a lot of uh, different community outreach programs. He played a clown at kids' birthday parties. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, he was popular among like his neighbors. Like his neighbors all thought he was a very nice boy. Uh, but guys like Gary Ridgway were complete and total social outcasts, and nobody wanted to be around them at all. Also, that's the whole thing with Leos too. Is they wear their heart on their sleeve, and there would be no way that I could have like a whole basement filled with dead kids <laughs> without- that I had raped without somebody knowing me like she's acted a little weird today <laughs> I'm like I'm not raping I'm not <laughs> um so Marcus what are what's some of the infra- what what is your sign Marcus Capricorn so what is a Capricorn I know nothing of Capricorn I'm not too sure honestly it's like we're very driven people okay for the most part as far as I know it's like we're very I like I can my girlfriend considers me to be a 
textbook Capricorn. Oh, so Capricorn is the end of January. Yes. Because Aquarius is the beginning. Uh, Both me and my brother Charlie are both Capricorns. Mm, Charlie. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are, <laughs> our symbol is the goat, which I love. Also makes sense. Yes, the goat. We're negative people. Uh, when it comes to professionalism and traditional values, Capricorn wins hands down. This practical sign loves to tackle life in the most conventional ways, leaving no stone unturned. Considered the most serious-minded of the signs, the Capricorn possesses an independence that allows for considerable progress both personally and on the job. So it's my brother. Yes. It's not me. He's de- well, you definitely have tendencies of it, but I think you're a little more lighthearted. I would say Charlie is definitely a textbook. I, I mean, just in the fact that he works in a bank. Yeah. I think that that <laughs> shows that, I mean, you are very similar to that, just in a creative field. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what I consider myself more of a uh, an Aquarius, because Aquarius starts the very next day. Aquarius are uh, much more unconventional kind of weirdos a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like I'm a combination of both. Well, yeah, especially if you're right on the cusp. that You're supposed to be like a hybrid of your astrological sign. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I'd imagine most cusp people might be bipolar. (laughs) (laughs) Dun-dun-dun-dun! Because the depressive side is very serious and throwing myself into work, and the very manic side is very... uh, out of control. Right. And unconventional and just like I'm going to do whatever I want. But I also um, get a lot of shit done. A lot of my best ideas come from those times. Manic places. Yep, from manic places. Unfortunately. Well, that's why people are so sometimes against medication because they don't want to suppress that side of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. I mean, I'm able to still access that part of uh, my brain. Uh, and I think that's one of the uh, secret traits of bipolar disorder. Not traits, but one of those things that you can eventually do. Is that what I've done is I've um, I've tailored my medication where I can still... Like, I still feel manic and I still feel depressive, so I can still access both points. Uh, but it does take a lot more control. It takes self-control. Uh, if you want to just go in and dope yourself up with uh, medicine so you're just zombified, then you can do that. Uh, but I don't do that. I try to go on as little medication as I possibly can. I know that I need it. I know that I have to use it. But I still, uh, with therapy, I can now take, I was able to, I've recently been able to go off one of my medications because of therapy. But it is a joint effort. It's definitely a joint effort. It's something that, like, I was able to go off lithium because of therapy, uh, which has more to do with the depressive side. Uh, so now I can bring myself up because that was always the problem. I could never, I could always bring myself down from manic, but I could never bring myself up from Back depression. Up, right. But now that I have these mental skills and now that I've talked some things out, I can now do that. That's awesome. So Congratulations. Thank you. It's that's actually, it's a pretty big milestone for it me. It is. Yeah. Cause I had to go on the lithium a few years ago and I've been on it for a while now. Uh, and, uh, another great thing about that is that I can drink more. Because I'm not so... Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> now, is this something that you go off of cold turkey or do you... You taper down. Taper down. Yeah, I took like about half of uh, my dose for a while and then stopped. Uh, so it works. It's working out pretty good so far. I mean, I am I told my psychiatrist about it and she was, you know, supportive of it. She was like, if you feel like you can do it, you can do it. And I did it. And it's pretty sweet, man. That's awesome. One thing I've been, th- I was actually having a conversation with uh, Nikita this morning about this. Somehow, like, uh, one of my breaks came up in conversation. And she was asking, like, how, like, how do you know that it's coming on? How did you know it's coming on? I was like, well, it was essentially a panic attack that lasted two weeks. Uh, and, and then I started talking about, like, my recovery from it and what I did to come back from it and how long it took me. And now that I think back on it, even though it worked out for the best, I think that I didn't wait long enough before moving to New York City. Even though if I wouldn't have moved when I did, then I would not be where I am today. I never would have got that internship with Yanya. I never would have gotten into comedy. Uh, but I think one of the things that you know definitely want to tell people is after you have a break, make a hundred percent sure make damn sure that you are better again that you can function in society because i made too much of a jump i went from a ranch to new york city a town of 300 to a town of 8 million and the problem is like that's such a wide scale like of even 
I was very hungover on Sunday, and then yesterday I felt like I was top of the world mm-hmm. because I felt like I wanted to be dead on Sunday, and then anything <laughs> other than that, you feel like you were 100%. I think that's the scary part about coming out of those episodes is that you're like, I feel better. Mm-hmm. I'm better. I'm 100%, but that's just because you were in such a well yeah. that you're just reaching the top of the water, you know, and, the, and you think that you're completely out of it. And I also didn't have anything to test me in Rochester. I had nothing to really uh, put me in a manic state or put me in a depressive state. I was living with my parents, you know, who helped me through all of this, especially my dad, because uh, he had gone through the same thing. Um, and so I was in a very supportive, very loving atmosphere with not really any challenges. Physical challenges, yes. Like, you know, working, you know, fucking Lifting huge horses. Days. <laughs> All the horse lifting you did? All the horse lifting. You know, it's the 6 a.m., first thing, <laughs> lift a horse. You're like, my break is gone. I'm, I'm good. 9 a.m. Get me off of this fucking ranch, please. Lift the horse again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I needed to get out. So, you know, when I went to New York, when I came here to New York City, like that's when the test began. That's when the manic triggers uh, were really in full effect. Bars open till 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. You never go without a drinking buddy. Like, I didn't have really many people to go out and, like, really, you know, really many friends back on the ranch. You know, all my old friends have moved away. Uh, so, all of a sudden, I have all these new friends. I have my old friend, Megan, who I stayed with when I first moved up here. And I had so many different triggers and stimuli uh, that I think it put me into a bad place pretty quickly. Like, very quickly. Uh, and it took me a while to climb back out of that again. So uh, anyone who's looking to make like a move, especially a move, because I know some of our listeners has, have written to us and have expressed some interest in moving to New York City. It's like you need you don't need to be necessarily sane because all of us up here are a little bit crazy. You yes. have to be a little bit crazy to move to this shithole and you have to be a little bit crazy to think that you can make it. Uh, that you can do something up here. You have to have a little bit of craziness for that, but you have to be stable. You have to be mentally stable in order to move up here, at least for the uh, at least uh, so you can keep a job. And that's well, what I had the, the hardest time doing. Is that even if if you come up here and you realize you're not, it, it could either be one of the most strengthening things you've ever done for your sense of self. Or it could be the most destructive thing because I have seen definitely people, not even just this New York City, just moving to a different place, moving mm-hmm. to a bigger place, trying to like f- follow their dreams. That the second you, if you were like unsure of it, because you just got to go with your whole fucking gut and be yeah. like, yeah, you do I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And even if you're not like, you're not unsure if you're stable, if you just make the decision because it can chew you up and spit you out so hard that I've seen people just give up. Mm-hmm. And be like, no, you know what? Maybe this wasn't for me. Maybe this is, and it's like, give it five years. Yeah, I think that like that really is something that like, give it five years, see how it is. Yep. Because it's- five years in the scheme of things, it's like, yeah, you could die tomorrow. Yes. But you could die in ninety years from now. God knows what the medicine's <laughs> going to be by the time twenty years from now. Who knows? You know, you never know. And it's like, if you don't try it, if you don't do it, same with like leaving children behind or like things like that if you're you're in a divorced like marriage or something like that where it's like you still have to take care of yourself you still need to do these things and go follow your dreams mm-hmm. um i just i think being in a stable place would be great but god knows i'm still not in a stable place i mean that is true i mean i mean if you're if you've just been through an if you extreme, just had a mental if you yes, just had a no. full that's more what i'm talking about okay. if you've had a full mental break like a full breakdown Wait until you're, you know, reasonably stable until you make such a huge decision. Like, make sure that you're reasonably stable, reasonably happy, uh, or not even really reasonably happy, because you can be stable without being happy, and you don't have to be mentally ill to be unhappy. Uh, that is true. That's 100% true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't, it doesn't, just because you're unhappy doesn't mean that you have depression. Uh, I mean, if you're just unhappy, thank God that you don't have depression. Like, I, I think it is a little trendy these days to say you have a mental illness. It's a little trendy to say, like, I'm, I suffer from depression or I suffer from this or that. And it also, it's a good excuse it is. It's a, it's a real. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a real good excuse for 
for a lot of people. And that's what makes it so hard. And I think that people who cry wolf make it so much harder for the rest of us. Well, exactly. And especially if you are, you feel that you're able to, because I also feel like being mentally unstable also does not completely mean that you have a mental illness, right? I think so. I, I there, mean, because I've met like crazy factors. people before that like, I'm not saying like schizophrenic or anything like that. I mean, like girls looking for attention. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like, things like that where they're like, well, I'm crazy. I've got, <laughs> I'm bipolar. And it's like, are you bipolar? Yeah. Are you? And it's like, it really is. Your roommate that, is bipolar. Yes. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it definitely. And it, it, especially people. And then you go to the other side of it where she completely denies that she has a problem and she just erases when she has episodes, she doesn't remember them. Like her body. Well, she's so wasted. Yes. It comes out when she's drinking. But that's also another thing is people are like, oh no, she's just drunk when she has episodes. And I'm like, there's a difference. I know drunk people. Mm. I know when someone is drunk. You've seen her like this. And also that's scary to, too when you have a friend like that where she's like everyone else is like, oh, no, she's just drinking until you're around her when she's in one of these episodes. And you're just like, she has a problem. Like she scares me. Yeah. You know, like she could hurt me and then not remember anything about it. One night I almost called the cops on her. I think I've talked about it on this before, but it has been other times, unfortunately, of like. And if I did that, also her parents have a lot of money, a lot more money than I have. Mm -hmm. Then what do you do? So I'm in this like spot of, okay, I don't know what to do. People say, just kick her out. All of my friends, uh, other comedians have told me, oh, you just get rid of her. But then what? Yeah. What if she gets into the house? She has these insane episodes, definitely manic, uh, that she is violent. She throws things. She breaks things. And I, I don't want to kick her out. I I can't. I'm I'm scared. I don't know what to do in a situation like that. I really don't know what because I know when she had her huge break, the one where she broke her hip, yeah, uh, and had like an extreme mental extreme mental breakdown. She went back home, and then her parents sent her back up here because they don't want to deal with her. And also, that's another thing is in any other instance, I would go to her family. I would go to someone's family and be like, I don't want to go past her. But in Florida, you can baker act someone if they mm-hmm. are troubling or if you think they're a danger to you or to themselves, you can have them committed. And I would have had I would have had her baker acted by now. But her parents are aware of it and they want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So do you go to the authorities? Do you like what do you what where is that next step? In New York City, there's no legal recourse for that. There's nothing. I've looked it up. And yeah, until she does something, then you can't do anything. Which I think is interesting. I guess maybe it's because there's so many cases in a place like New York. And then in Florida, you are able to do that. Because I know Florida is crazy. Yeah. But there are even more crazy people here Mm -hmm. that need to be dealt with. But I think it's like something that. They don't want to make it the government's issue. Like, there's too many people that they don't want to make it the government's issue. My God, mental health, as far as the government goes in this country, is fucking ridiculous. How is, is this not? Ridiculously how is, how? bad. Here, what happened is uh, it's Reagan era uh, cuts, budget cuts. When uh, the nineteen when the nineteen eighties came around, we had we actually had a fair amount of mental health hospitals in uh, the United States. Fairly good ones, too. Not all of them were good. You know, there was that, of course, the one out on Staten Island that was a fucking nightmare. Uh, The one that Geraldo Rivera made his career on. Mm. Yeah, the Cropsey one. Uh, Some of them were absolute nightmares, but a lot of them were... Wait, what, Cropsey was out there? uh, Cropsey was a documentary that was done about, like, a supposed serial killer in uh, Staten Island that killed retarded kids. Uh, because they, he was supposedly an orderly at this uh, mental hospital. That's right. Yeah, where Geraldo Rivera went in and it was completely pitch black and it was just naked retarded kids everywhere just fucking screaming and howling and just being generally terrifying uh, as most mentally challenged people are when they are left to their own devices. Well, when left in the dark, I would feel the same way. <laughs> they were just in my own in feces. Yeah, yeah, I would feel I would be the exact same way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they just don't know. You know, they can't take care of themselves. So it's just go straight animal. Uh, but anyway, um, 
There were a fair amount of mental health hospitals where people could go in, they could be taken care of, they could be, if they weren't fit for society, then they could stay at these hospitals and they could be taken care of. One flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know. Places like that don't exist anymore. Reagan came into the 80s, closed all of them down, threw all these people out on the street, and And that's where the homeless people come from. And that's where the homeless people come from. You know, these people, homeless people, most of them have mental illnesses. Most of them have something. That go unchecked. They go completely unchecked undiagnosed and there's no recourse for them they can't go to a doctor they can't go to a fucking psychiatrist and be prescribed medicine they can't afford to buy the medicine they can't i can't even afford to buy the medicine (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i got extremely lucky when the uh um generic version of my drug came out uh, because i used to have to pay 250 a uh a month. Thank, and you have to. Thank God my parents were able to help me out with that. Like, thank Christ that they were able to. Um, but now, $8 a month just Amazing. from the generic. That's crazy. $8 a month. And, you know, in my my medication is not just for bipolar disorder. It's also for people with seizures. It's a potentially life-saving medication, and it's 250 And that's on the low end of name brand medication that's on the very low end uh and it's ridiculous in this country how shoddily people with uh, mental health issues are treated it's disgusting it kills me because it does it immediately it puts the shame into it yeah you know and it puts the guilt of especially it's like how guilty did you feel having to ask your parents when they probably didn't have the money to help you buy that medicine because you needed it but it should be the equivalent of i am a diabetic i need my insulin it should be on the same fucking plane it really should have been it makes me i just like i am not a political person in any way shape or form but this makes me nuts yeah it's just like I mean, thank Christ I have, like, supportive parents in a way where they, you know, definitely they see, like, you know, they support what I do, you know, and, you know, without their help, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now, Uh, because if I would have been left on my own to, to get those medications, I would have to live somewhere like Lubbock to be able to afford that, to be able to afford $250 a month or, you know, have to get a job with health insurance. But, you know, up here, how the fuck am I going to do that? Like, doing what I do, doing what I wanted to do, how am I going to do that? How am I going to get that job? But also, you were proactive about it, and that's what definitely something that we preach here of, like, if you know, you know when there is something wrong. Yeah. You obviously know, uh, unless you are in complete denial, which is rough, and then you should listen to other people. If you constantly are hearing the same thing over and over again of people trying to talk to you about this, but then it is... Scary to know that there are people out there, like my said roommate, of family that is so supportive that they, she can't, she is so mentally ill that she cannot hold a job. Mm-mm. She cannot get a job and she cannot hold a job. So her parents pay her rent. They give her an allowance every week. She has not had a job in over a year. Jesus. And the jobs before that, she laughs and she's like, I've never kept a job for more than two months. In Are her entire life, she's 28 years old. And it's like, to me, I know that I can't, but it's like, we've talked about having like an intervention of sorts, of sitting down and actually talking to her. I'm worried that she will get violent. I'm worried that something will happen. But it comes down to the sort of people around you where it's like, if your family's throwing money at you and you know that you have a problem, seek out other ways yeah. of dealing with it. You know, it's like then take that money and pay for a therapist. Or, you know, it's like especially if – but what if – what for the people that don't have the family that has the money? They're done. Then they are – then they become homeless or they get put into shelter. And then, like, it's just – that's why people who don't have people to, I mean, because they're just because you're on your own doesn't make you a piece of shit, doesn't make you a bad person. Because, you know, some people who are on their own are just like, well, you know, I'm this way because, you know, life just dealt me this. Yeah, but also and that it, makes you sometimes some of the strongest people I've ever met. Absolutely. And have pulled themselves up from that. You say, fuck it. Fuck the family. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. 
You and can they do make, it yourself. And they make their own. Right. You know, it's like you deserve help just as much. Just because your family is a piece of shit and just because they're bad people doesn't mean that you have to be a bad person, too. It doesn't mean that you have to suffer through this shit alone. If you have a problem connecting with people outside of yourself, then seek help. Like, seek help like or seek other people that are like you. Like, look around. If you have a problem connecting with other people, then... Get some help somewhere else. Like try to find something that will help you connect to other people because if people who have been alone and isolated their entire lives, uh, at least from their family and have never really had any friends or anything like that, you, a lot of times they're like that way because they didn't have any kind of support structure growing up. And, you know, and it's easy for us to say, it's like, yeah, go out, make friends, do this, do that. No, it's hard. It's hard as fuck, especially if you... I've never had that like social interaction because also it takes sometimes just someone giving you a hand. Yeah. Some being like, hey, my name's Jackie. And that's why if you ever see someone like that, especially like in your class, I used to do that. We, I think we've talked about that before. Someone that's kind of an outsider, just be like, hey man, how, what's up? How are you? Treating them like a human being mm-hmm. will could effectively change their life. Yeah. A lot of my closest friends have been... Well, most of my closest friends have been people who don't really have many other friends that, you know, people who have a hard time connecting with others just because, you know, it's like I reached out and they don't really have many of the skills to reach out to other people. So I reached out to them and it turns out they're fucking awesome people. Yeah. Yes, there can be a little socially awkward sometimes. Yeah. And we are weirdos. We just happen to be outgoing weirdos. Yeah. We just happen to be outgoing, charismatic weirdos. You know, it's all the same. We're all the same types of people. Uh, But you just have to reach out to those other people. So that's talking to the people that are like, you know, us that are more outgoing. You can reach out to those people and you can really change someone's life. You really can. Uh, And then after that, you know, if you kind of show them the way, then they'll make more friends. You know, they learn some social skills. You introduce them to your friends. They, you know, make friends through your friends. And then it's kind of a domino effect, but in the best way possible. I've totally had friends in that manner that, like, I tried to introduce some of the other my friends, and they still only kind of like me, you know? Like, it's because I can, like, offered to connect, and, of course, being around a bunch of outgoing people isn't exactly something that someone... That is not as outgoing would like to have. So then I would just hang out with them on the side. Yeah. They'd come over and watch a fucking movie. And then we'd like play on the computer and watch fucking YouTube videos. Yeah. That's a fantastic way to, you know, just reach out to people and make new friends. That's the moral It's of the just story. putting positive, man. You yeah. gotta, just got to get positive. Just get positive and add to the uh, goodness of the collective unconscious. And just try to desperately not think about how shitty mental health awareness is in (laughs) our country Um, and just try to embrace it and be open about it and not be ashamed. Yeah. Don't don't be ashamed. Definitely don't be ashamed. But also don't cry wolf. Yeah, because fuck you if you do. Yeah. If you if you do if you cry wolf and do not have mental illness and you're just looking for attention, then fuck you. And, you know. You do you, know. You know. Uh, it's, you know, you, you definitely know when, if you are really suffering from something that you can't crawl out of, that you can't help, you know. But if you're just crawling, calling, or crying for attention, you know that too. I'll never forget when one of my coworkers had said that, like, oh, you, I've never seen you get this mad when you're saying that you have such anger issues. It's like, yeah, I get mad, but I've never seen you get mad, bad. And then she saw it one day and then she realized when like in seeing it and I was like, yeah, because I hide it. I'm like the fucking Hulk. (laughs) I have to hide. I I am scared of it and I'm scared not that I'm going to hurt anyone else, but it's it's definitely something that is scary that, yeah, you're right. I don't generally like to have these episodes out in front of everyone else. Mm -hmm. It depends on your mental illness. But for a lot of kinds of mental illnesses, usually you don't do that in public as well. So when you're in the middle, like, I'm not saying all of them. There are definitely some that yeah. 100%. But it, I, when it comes to, like, manic depression and, like, if you're having, like, a crazy up episode, if you're having a manic episode and you're out in the middle of everyone doing it, then you have an issue. Mm-hmm. But you can tell when someone is not and they're just doing it. Yeah. 
You can. You can completely tell. You can absolutely tell when when you're just like, what a fucking attention whore. Yeah. Just Just like, like settle down. And then, but with uh, people like me, my friends would be like, you okay? Like, is that, is everything all right? Like, there's a difference between like, you know, seeing someone and being like, all right, that person has a problem and seeing someone and rolling your eyes and seeing like, ugh, Jesus Christ. Like, you're... You're not as interesting as you pretend you are. Yes. And I think that's I think it's another thing that people do is that people will feign mental illness in order to make themselves more interesting. That makes me want to throw up. <laughs> I would give it's anything seriously. to not have to deal with some of the things that I deal with. Anything. anything. Just anything at all. And people just want to, I think they just want to be more interesting than they really are. Uh, and they think like, okay, well, if I have some sort of mental illness, then, you know, I can, that's a way to get attention. That's a way to be more interesting. Uh, and it's sickening. It's absolutely fucking sickening. It's why would you pretend to go through this? That's also like, why would you do this? Have you ever met someone that like, uh, I've known cutters in the past and I've also known cutters that did it for the attention Mm-hmm. And that is one of the sickest things I've ever seen. I think the difference between cutters who do it for attention and cutters who just cut is... Is when you can see them? Arms versus legs. Arms versus... Exactly. Yeah. Cutters. When you can see them on their upper thighs, mm-hmm. someone has a problem. Yeah. <laughs> if you see it on their forearms, they're looking for attention. They're looking for attention. A lot of times. But yeah, the, the Not people... Not that I'm saying that they don't need help. No, of course they need they help, but it's something totally different. It is, and it's like it is a different kind of mental issues yeah you know it's definitely it's a different kind and yeah we're not definitely not disparaging people just because you are cutting on your arms no you shouldn't do it either way you should love yourself yeah you should you're you're hate i think it's people who hate themselves for two totally different reasons yeah yeah you know and they're looking for things for like like with you know cutting on your arms you know it's possible you might be, but on the other hand, some people cut on their arms and they always wear long sleeve shirts. Right. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. I'm saying like if you can show that, or when you like I like this girl in high school that would show it off yeah. at school. Exactly. That's more. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's like, what I'm we're talking not, about. Yeah. We're not saying that, you know, the location of where you cut is, you know, absolutely indicative of whether you have a problem or not. You always have a problem. But if a girl's showing them off in school, that means that she's got. That's a histrionic. Got, that's a, that is someone yeah. that is so desperate. Like that That's is someone a problems at home. That I know that her father left and I know yeah. that her mother was an alcoholic and I know that that's why she was showing off those cuts on her arm. Yeah, that's not mental illness. That's problems at home. Yes. Which is a whole different which thing. Which is still something that which needs to be looked into. It needs to be looked into. And, you know, she needs help, but she needs a totally different kind of help. Uh, and I think it, it's it's important because when people are looking for attention, a lot of times there's some, not all the time, but sometimes there's something behind it. Uh, and that needs its own address. Like that needs to be addressed in its own way. Uh, so be sure to look out for that in yourself. Like ask yourself sometimes it's like, am I really, you know, is, is this something that I can't help or is this something that I do because I like it? You know, is it something that I do because I like the attention that I get? And, but also it's so complicated. It's, I mean, because it is. It's, it's so complicated, but it's case by case. And you can't, because some people have true mental illnesses and they, but they also enjoy the attention that they get. I do think it's part of reaching out though. The mm-hmm. only way that you would never know is like, Hey, what's up? I'm Jackie. Like, what are you doing later? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, what are you doing after school today? Yeah. You know, that's how you find out those things. And yeah. Can eventually help. Yeah, eventually. All right, you want to get to the letter for today? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So this is from Eddie. Sid. Hi, Eddie. Hey, Eddie. I recently started listening to this podcast and love it. Anyways. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anyways, I have a question and hope you guys can give me some advice. Last year, I finally decided to come out of the closet, and so far, there have been some ups and downs. Up because everyone I've told, though shocked, have been super supportive. Down because I haven't really found a connection with any gay guys in my area. Because I in college and now my adult life, I'm 25, I was in the closet. Most of my friends are straight and have very little connection to the LGBT community. I was a frat guy. Yeah, that's going to be a big shock. To people. Yeah. Uh, but also, congratulations, Congratulations. Man. That's fucking amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, for a frat guy to come out. Uh, and he's saying he's shocked, so he... 
probably just kind of a man, like just a manly dude, big Which frat you, dude. Yeah, just you know, like goes against stereotypes. Not that there, I know many gay dudes that are like that. <laughs> yeah, I know gay frat dudes absolutely. Yeah. Just like, yeah, fucking, I'd love to fuck Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, like, I'd love to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> he says, in, he said, those few friends that I have that are gay are not close friends, and even though I have attempted to go out to the clubs with them, I find them to be shallow and self-centered. In fact, I'm almost disappointed by how shallow the gay community seems as a whole. I'm a fairly average guy in terms of looks and personality. I've managed to hook up with a few guys, but aside from that, haven't really found a meaningful connection. I've tried online dating and even meetup groups, but most men online seem to have sex on the mind only. I have an active social life, but find myself wanting a group of gay friends that I get along with and have things in common with. So now I find myself feeling isolated and lonely. My straight friends are fun and supportive, but they aren't really up for going to gay bars or clubs, which I'm not a huge fan of either way. I don't know what to do. I would really like some advice on how to branch out and make those connections. Thanks for reading and hope to hear a response from you guys. You know, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I mean, it's hard for everybody in like in any way. See, I think that's what I have to say most about this is that you can take the word gay out of this, out of this and it's same exact you're just thing. like everyone else. Yeah, like, like it's I think this I think this letter is such a big indicator of how far gay like gay acceptance has come in this country because Dude, you're going through the same life as every other 25 year old straight out of college that's looking. You don't like, can't find anybody. You can't find anybody like that. And also, but it does depend on where you live. It does, it, like completely. It depends on how big you, the LGBT community is in your area. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, most of my like, especially gay male friends. Go to the clubs and fuck dudes. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that it's unfortunately a big part of the culture. Um, But I also know, I have a few friends that are also in loving long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. They are also the same amount of friends that I have as heterosexual friends that are in the same long-term relationships. And I've got a bunch of single hetero friends. I've got a bunch of single gay friends. And they go to bars and they fuck people. Mm-hmm. And they're all sad because they can't find anybody. <laughs> because not the, all a, of them. A lot of them just. I mean, some of them just want to fuck. Which, yeah. yeah, more power to you. But the uh, it is a problem going when you're looking for a connection because I've definitely gone. We've got the Metropolitan over in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. I have definitely frequent there many a time. And you go in. I can't get a drink. That's for damn sure. I always get you a drink. You always get a drink. <laughs> I get a drink so fast. Because yeah, they, I mean, it's just so loud in there. Yeah. Just go to a different bar. Just go to a normal bar. The problem is, too, is that in talking with, I work with someone that is currently, is currently looking for another dude. And I imagine it's hard trying to figure out if they are straight or if they're gay. Mm-hmm. But. I dealt with the same fucking thing too. Look at I have dated three men that ended up being gay. <laughs> three of them. And it's like that's I got the same fucking thing. I mean there are, it just depends on who you're looking for cuz yeah. if you're looking for another like bro guy, you're right that is harder to find. Yeah. But also I was looking for a more effeminate attractive man. Mm-hmm. And I do find that it is fairly shallow in the male homosexual community i think the problem that you're running in there is that most men are shallow yes and then it's it's just double men shallow (laughs) yeah whether you're straight or gay men are definitely are a lot more shallow than women uh that's just i mean that's a scientific fact and that's why i i liked that's why you know i shopped around with women for a while because i liked that whole aspect that like they liked how i looked they yeah. liked that I was big because that's what they were looking for. But at the same time, I wanted someone else that was kind of brutish and they didn't want me. <laughs> I got these, I mean, hot, very attractive women, mm-hmm. but all dainty, effeminate women. And I was like, that's not what I want. Yeah. But they really wanted me. So I'm like, I might as well try it. And it worked out. Yes, <laughs> it definitely worked out. Not enough to, con- you know, I didn't, I need, you know, yeah. I need that dick, but. Yeah, well, of more course. power to you. 
I love a good breast, though. Oh, who doesn't? Man, they, Even I just, I wish. gay guys like tits. Yeah, because tits are great. I, that's why I play with mine all the time, because I <laughs> wish I had a pair to play with. I wish I, pair. I wish I had a pair to play with. They're great all the time I play with them. They're just so much fun, any chance I get. But I would say just, I mean, keep going to those bars, man. Yeah. Keep doing online dating. It sucks. It's, it just sucks being in your 20s and looking for a mate. And it's if you're doing online dating, then it sounds like that you live in a fairly metropolitan uh, yeah, area. Yeah, fairly metropolitan area at least. So it might not be that you and you say gay bars. Like you say gay bars, gay clubs. No, they're clubs. all clubs. But I mean they're you know? all pretty much clubs. It's just yeah. like boons, oons, oons, and like <laughs> guys are fucking in the corner, which are and that's not even just a stereotype. That is how I have been to many a gay bar. Yeah. And they have all been the same. Weird. Unless you go to a dyke bar, which I don't know if I know people get offended by the word dyke, but I mean a dyke bar. Like, you know what I mean. I know exactly it's a what place you mean. That, a kind of place that I like to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, I want tough women that are just looking to, like, play pool and drink some <laughs> fucking beer. And now that's a bar for me. Yeah. But, you know, then I'm just giving them false... False advertising. Yep, false hopes. Yep. <laughs> and I've, I've been to a, like, I have never been to a gay club, but I've been to the Metropolitan more times than I can count. Yeah. Uh, just because it's a fun bar. And it is got, fun. Yeah, and they got a backyard. Yeah, and, and everyone's yeah. dancing. Everyone's and- just in a great mood. And like, and the cool thing about that I like about that bar is that it's also, like, dudes don't automatically assume because you're in there you're gay. Right. It's like, it's a, it's a bar where a lot of gay people happen to come, but it's not a hookup bar. Exactly. Like, it's, you know, of course, a lot of people Well, late at night, there. though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, late at night. I've pretty never much s- any bar is yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah. So, but it's it's cool because I just kind of get to go. And if your friends aren't like super into going out to gay bars, which or is anything understandable, like that, which is understandable because you know I went to a, a gay bar in uh, what is it in college, and it it's not like it's not that you get freaked out by guys hitting on you. It's just that it's fucking annoying. Yeah. It's it's annoying to cut. Like I I know what a girl feels like. It's like no, it's annoying to have to constantly bat off guys and be like, no, 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 I'm not gay. It's like I'm. I mean, like, it's the same fucking annoying thing for me going into a normal bar that, like, if it's if it's a bunch of fucking drunk ass dudes, yeah. I don't fucking like it either. Yeah, there's a bunch of bars I don't go to just because I'm like, I don't like the crowd that hangs out in there. Yeah. So maybe if there's like a a gay bar that's kind of like Metropolitan where you can. Like where your friends can still just sort of hang out and have a good time and have a good time and not be, you know, like con- especially because like- they seem to be accepting you, which fucking right on. That's great. This is awesome. Yeah, that's fucking awesome that in this day and age, then we have a bunch of frat boys like openly embrace like a gay bro. And I gotta tell you, I love the gay bro. I love it. Like- They're my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Just like gay bro, dude. Because like gay bro dudes weren't coming out of the closet fucking ten even ten years ago. Oh yeah. And now it's yeah, like they were, the, they were always the ones I fell in love with though. Yeah. Fuckers. <laughs> love me. I can be like a dude. I'm a lot like a dude. You're a lot like you're a lot like a dude. You're great like a dude. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah. That's the problem. That's why it's a problem. You're like a dude. You're not a, a dude. dude. Uh I mean it's it's definitely hard. It's it's hard to connect with that really anybody in your mid twenties. If you go to like, if you go to a gay bar and start talking to the bartender or start talking to like the people that work there that aren't like, I mean, they're drinking, but they're not as like hook up number yeah. one in their eyes. So then maybe you could at least get dudes that you can go out with to other places or that they would know where to go. Yeah. And then like they could take you places because also there's a lot of places that are like undercover like gay bars. And it's like not that like because like again Metropolitan you walk in you know it's a gay bar. Yeah. But there are a lot of other places that you wouldn't know that it's quote unquote a gay bar. Not that there's any like Hetero bars. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. the, like you could go and be like, oh, predominantly these are gay dudes in here, and that's awesome. Yeah, because I know the the hookah bars are just weird. 
Yeah, they're just it's just a little much. Yeah, it's 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 a little much. And it's not just that it's gay dudes. It's just I would be uncomfortable if I went into a place and there were straight people fucking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't go to clubs. Yeah, it's yeah, and in like, clubs, I don't want to have happens. a tight sequin dress on and have like a guy like ha- like slide his hand up my skirt. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's it's, just... it's really weird and I understand why you don't like that. I understand why that can make you uncomfortable and that's another thing that i like that's the the big stereotype that a lot of people have about gay people and particularly i think it's like a midwestern thing people who aren't around gay people at all they assume that all gay people are fucking every guy they can yeah, fuck. And that they're all sexual deviants yeah that they're all sexual deviants and pedophiles and that they can they'll fuck anything that they can fuck at any time and that's not true no. That's just absolutely not true. I think they also. I think also part of the problem is especially like in the Midwest, and not to just generalize that, but like people that aren't don't feel safe to come out early on enough. It's like they go through what everybody else goes through when they're like sixteen to twenty, which is usually in their late twenties, yeah. because they weren't able to do that part of their life. Like they or they did, and they didn't enjoy it because they were being with the opposite sex, and that's not what they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like that's why people think that, like, oh, the gay clubs, oh, they're always having sex. But it's like, that's because of things like Grindr, which is yeah. the app that you can find dudes to hook up with. But I don't know about you, but that's what OkCupid was for fucking me. That's for sure. I don't think I ever had an OkCupid date that didn't end in some sort of, at least a blowjob. Yeah. It was always I just it was At my least. one night stand machine, man. Yeah. It was just pumped him out, pumped you him could, out. I mean, of course, your name was also the hammer gets it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was pro casual sex yeah. on there, which and, you weren't supposed to do. And mine was Blackout City. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> I didn't know that was your screen name. It's a pretty good one, right? Blackout City. And the hammer gets it's pretty good too. The hammer gets it is fantastic. The only problem was that I would come across you fairly often. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you're going through and you're, like, going through, like, all the people that you're, like, matches with, and we would be, like, a 98% match. I'm like, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. No. I can't. I won't do it. I can't. I won't. No. Uh, Not that all online dating sites are bad, though, because I have heard that the ones you pay for are much better than those uh, apps. Yeah? Yeah. I guess you just got to throw money at it. Yeah, I guess that's the that's the thing. I hate throwing money. Yeah, no, of course. Especially, it's like I'm gonna be throwing money on the dates. Why do I have to throw money at like at the a, process at of a creepy someone? old man? Yeah, eHarmony.com. Oh man, Ugh. J-Date. Jug, Love J Date. Love J Date. J Date's pretty good. J Date was a lot of fun. You went on J Date? Yeah. Huh. I never got any of them because I wasn't actually Jewish. Uh, I just like, it was like basically one of the options was like, not one, but love to fuck one. (laughs) I was like, I do. I love to fuck Jews. But yeah. Yeah. No, they're fun to fuck. They are. I know from experience. I know. (laughs) Asshole. Mine's got a fro. He's got a fro. Yeah, he's got a fro. He's a, he's at least that much. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I think that you're doing a great job, and I'm really proud of you that you came out. It's like, it especially like with family and in the kind of surroundings you were in. Like, good for you, man. And like that alone is just paving the way for future generations. That like, yeah. it sucks finding anybody. It's always going to suck. But as long as you're confident, and now that you have the closet away from you now that you are 100% out. Like, it shows. Confidence shows. And what people love most is confidence. And going into any kind of bar, any kind of situation, just talking to somebody, if you have confidence, then, man, you're going to get that D. Yeah. (laughs) And not just hookups. And get the good D. Get the heart. Quality. Get the heart. Quality D and H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you got to get the D before you get the heart. Yeah. Of course. Right? That, yeah, that it usually comes. That like is usually how it goes. That is definitely usually how it goes. It's like I, there has been very few times in my life where I have dated someone for an extended amount of time without having sex with them. Yeah. That or if you were in love with them for the for a long time and then you finally get the D, then you, it never works out. <laughs> yeah. It's always <laughs> it's weird. It never and fucking works out. It's always weird and uncomfortable. Knobbly. And D, D's always <laughs> knobbly in some way. Or shaped like a baseball bat. That's rough. It's weird. What? 
bigger, like it goes like out, so it's like thicker on the on the outside, like on the tip at the head of it, mm-hmm. much thicker than it is at the base. Baseball bat. Oh wow. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. Okay. Not that you can't make it feel good. You can, but when you're just ramming it into somebody, <laughs> that never feels good. Oh man. All right. Well, you know, to 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 wrap up our boy here. Eddie um, man, congratulations. Congratulations. You know, that's you know, you're trying everything that you can. You know, it's this is you're gonna have to have patience, you know, with every just remember with every year more dudes come out. Then also you know, the confidence too of having to ask the question of not the oh, outright, but like you gotta figure out a way. I feel like Every like every dude I know has a way of figuring out if the other dude is gay without having to ask. Maybe you could ask one of your gay shallow friends. What do you mean? No, he said that he's got some gay friends. They're oh like yeah, shallow you're right. And self-centered, yeah. and if they're constantly looking to hook up, then I'm sure they have some sort of indicators that they look for. Yeah, and then find that stuff out because like they're definitely like a like I know one of my friends has like a look. That, like, there's a certain look that you give somebody that, like, he's like, it's a universal thing. I can't show you, obviously. Yeah. But, like, but honestly, it's, like, I think it's in each, like, gay community, there's, like, a certain way of saying. It just depends on where you are. Huh. Well, I know there used to be a lot of different signals, like, something like red sashes. Yeah. But, I mean... I mean, it was not. I mean, that's it's not the seventies anymore. Yeah, looking <laughs> yeah. like back into the, like the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. It's hey, like you be a little and more. you don't live in Greenwich Village. Yeah, so that's not really going to work for you. Uh, and the earring in the in the right ear that doesn't really work. And also, much going out with shallow dudes doesn't mean you're shallow either. Yeah, like that's you got to remember that that you're still your own person. Like, go out with them. Yeah. And then, like, find other dudes when you guys are out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just not just to, go just, out. To hi- just to talk to, just to, like, be friends with. Go out, see what happens. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it takes a while. Like I said at, at the beginning, it's like you're going through what you're going through. Straight people go through, too. You know, it's yeah. like you're... I mean, we didn't have to climb out of the closet. Of course not. No, no, we didn't have to go through what exactly what you had to go through, but the situation that you're in right now trying to find a mate in your mid 20s is fucking tough. Uh and I think, you know, just know that you're not alone in this. It's something that you can definitely bitch to your bros about and that, you know, your close bros be like, "Yeah, I can't find a girl. Yeah, I can't find a guy." No, because I want, I mean, I have very close, bunch of close male friends, and some of them are gay, and some of them are straight, and they all talk about how much it sucks to date. Yeah. It is universal language. It's the same thing. Being in relationships, it's all the fucking same. Mm -hmm. It's just where you put the fucking D in. I guess what, I guess what I'm trying to say the most is like, don't get down and discouraged. Yeah, no. Like, don't, don't think that like, you know, this is, you know, because I'm gay. And this is what I deserve. And this, yeah. And this this is what I deserve. And this is the way that it's always going to be. It's just, just know that you're not alone. Everyone goes through what you're going through right now. So don't be discouraged. It's, it's a universal thing, man. And it's something that we all have to go through and it sucks and may last a while, but you'll find someone. Hell yeah, man. That or you can get a bunch of dogs. (laughs) <laughs> that was always my solace I was gonna get a whole horde of wiener dogs That sounds fantastic I know That's, oh, I'm getting rid of them I'm getting the horde of wiener dogs <laughs> Eddie though thanks so much for writing in Yeah thank you so much And if any of y'all have any kind of questions for us Write to us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com And we shall get to them Thank you so much We'll talk to you next week Goodbye <laughs>